0: Apostle Paul is something of a controversial figure in the history of the church, especially in the history of the early church. From the very beginning, he was an outsider. He wasn't one of the original 12 disciples. He wasn't one of those who followed Jesus in Jesus' earthly ministry. He wasn't one of those, even in the outer circle of apostles and disciples of Jesus who followed him. He didn't see and hear Jesus preach and teach and heal a the, the the sick and feed the 5,000. He wasn't present in Jesus's ministry. He wasn't there. He was an outsider in the early church. In fact, even worse, he was a persecutor of the early church. He was one of those who had letters of authorization to go out and to seek out those early Jewish Christians, those who had accepted Jesus as the Messiah, even though he had been executed and and killed on a cross by the Romans and buried in a tomb, these were the people who were proclaiming his resurrection, and he was given letters of authorization to go after them, to find them out, to seek them, to arrest them, to drag them before the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish Leadership Council, the, the, the bishops and district superintendents, if you will of the day to, 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 uh, to investigate their beliefs and to try to deprogram them, try to, to try them to get them to deny the resurrection of Christ. He had received letters of authorization sending him to Damascus even to search out those Jewish Christians that had fled Jerusalem during the persecutions to go and to try to arrest them and to bring them back to Jerusalem in order to get them to recant their faith in Christ. And he was on this road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him and knocked him off of his feet and asked him, why are you persecuting me? And Paul went from not having faith in Christ to having faith in Christ, from persecuting the church to quickly becoming one of the greatest proponents of the Christian faith. He was the self-styled apostle to the Gentiles. While Peter, James, and John may have been busy in proclaiming the gospel to Jewish people, uh, both in Jerusalem and in the surrounding territories, and indeed outside, as far away even as Rome, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, to those who were not Jews, to those who did not attend synagogues on a regular basis. And as a result, he wasn't particularly liked by many of those Jewish Christians who were in the early church. He wasn't trusted. Why? Because he had been a persecutor of the church. And he was admitting into the faith, into the faith community, into the family of God, Gentiles. Those dirty, stinking, rotten, non-Jewish people who didn't keep the dietary regulations. They ate bacon and pork and Amen. <laughs> <laughs> was fun. It was the bacon that did it. Is, this on? Is this on now? Okay. It was the bacon that did it, friends. <laughs> the bacon and the medium-rare steaks and the, uh, the the shrimp wrapped in bacon and oh, yeah, the sausage. Uh, uh, yeah, hmm All that wonderful unkosher food. Those Gentiles they loved the unkosher food, and they ate it, and it made them sort of disgusting to the early Jews. And 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 so to become a Christian, the, these Jewish Christians believed that you first had to become a Jew. After all, Christianity was a sect or a denomination of Judaism, and so you needed to become a Jew in order to be a Christian, and Paul wasn't doing that. Paul was preaching about the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord faith in Jesus faith in his word faith in his presence faith in him and his life his ministry his teachings his healings his feedings his death and his resurrection and his real presence there that day he was he was teaching this message of the love of God loving God and loving neighbor as self not rules and regulations not dietary rules or blood purity rules or circumcision rules, but instead faith and love. And there were many who did not trust Paul because of that. They didn't trust Paul because he had been a persecutor of the church, and they didn't trust Paul because he was converting Gentiles without making them into good Jews. And so they would follow Paul in his missionary journeys around the the Gentile world, and into Asia Minor, what we would call Turkey today, into Macedonia and into Greece, and on even all the way to Rome. And and Paul's intention was to go on even to Spain. They, They followed him everywhere. And he would go into a community. He would preach in the synagogue. He would leave the synagogue. Jews and Gentiles would come to him. He would found churches, found house churches, train up leaders, preach and teach for a time, put leaders into position, and then he would leave and go on to the next town. And when he would leave that town, along would come the brethren of James, the the Jewish Christians who would come and tell these Gentiles, it's wonderful that you're Christians, but Paul didn't tell you everything. Now, gentlemen, you have to get circumcised. And you have to start eating kosher and wearing clothing of only one kind of thread. You have to start being a good Jew in order to be a good Christian. Paul didn't tell you everything because he wanted to get your approval. And you can't really trust Paul after all he used to persecute. The church. And so they would follow Paul around in his mission and his ministry. And he they would say these things and cause problems in the early church, in Corinth, especially, in Galatia, especially, in Ephesus, especially, he they would cause problems and disagreements. They would disagree with each other and they would disagree with Paul over the question of faith, over the question of what it takes and is required to be a Christian. They would challenge Paul directly. They would say to him, you can't be forgiven for having persecuted the church. Not only can we not trust you, but you can't be forgiven for persecuting the church. And we can't trust you because you persecuted it and also because you're converting Gentiles without making them into Jews as well. That demonic voice, what Paul viewed as a messenger of Satan, hit Paul on both fronts. You can't be forgiven for what you did and you can't be forgiven for what you're doing now. You've got the message incomplete, Paul. You're not making Jews out of these Gentiles before making them into Jesus people, before making them into Christians. Don't they need to change into something more like what we think they ought to be? It reminds me of the message that challenged me every day I was growing up. Every day I was in college, learning about the Christian faith and the theology of the church. I answered the call of Jesus to pastoral ministry. I accepted his love, but I was incomplete. I was told incomplete. I was told I was incomplete because I had unresolved sin that would plague me forever. And would, if I ever acted upon it, doom me to the depths of hellfire eternally. At least that's what I was told. You see, I was gay. Yep. And because of that, my family and my friends, they tried to fix me. They tried to repair me. And they told me that I would have to suppress that part of me and change that part of me in order to really be a Christian. It was just like those Jewish Christians following after Paul. you got to make them into Jews in order for them to be Christians. You've got to stop being gay, they said, in order to be a Christian. And so I would beg God. I begged God. Repeatedly for years, change me, fix me, repair me, take this from me, take this plague from me, take this problem from me, take this away, God. This is too much to bear. If I'm going to serve you, if I'm called to be in ministry for you, take this away, God. But God never did. After many years of struggling, I came to realize that just as Paul begged and begged for that demon to be taken from him, just as I had begged God to take away my sexual orientation, that wasn't to be. Instead, God's grace is sufficient for you, is what I kept hearing. It didn't matter that I was gay, just like it didn't matter that those Gentiles whom Paul had converted to Christianity, were still Gentiles. It didn't matter because God knew me and formed me for who and what I was because I knew that God loved me and I loved God. How does the childhood song go? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so little ones not them, not so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me yes jesus loves me the bible tells me so that's what matters my friends god's love God's love in Jesus Christ, God's love for me and God's love for you, our love for God and our love for each other, that's what matters. Not dietary regulations, not blood purity laws, not circumcision rules, not institutional rules and regulations or books of discipline. They all have their place, but in the final equation, it's the love of God that matters. When I came to accept that, I came to accept myself. I came to accept myself for who and what I am, and for who and what God made me to be. And that, despite all that I was told by so many, God doesn't want to change me, because God doesn't think that part of me needs to be changed. Oh, there's lots of stuff that needs converting in my life. Lots of stuff that God needs to fix. My impatience. My hot temper at times. My periodic self-centeredness. There are lots of things that God needs to change in me. But not this. Not that part. God's changed a whole lot, and God's going to change a whole lot more. But this part... God doesn't seem to be interested in changing. That's what other LGBTQ people say. That's my own personal experience as well. We don't need to be changed because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I come to Lakewood United Methodist Church, the same man I've always been, the same minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ I have always been, who will continue to preach and teach the wonderful good news of the amazing Grace to all, but I come with a part of me that has before now always been hidden and denied, freed from the shackles of fear and self-denial. I come to be here, to share God's grace with you, to travel the road of life with you, to be with you as your pastor, and yes, I am a gay man. And yes, as is true for every person here, straight or gay, God's grace is sufficient for us all. Let's not listen to those demonic voices that would deny God's love to all. Let's not listen to the demonic voices that would tell us that Lakewood's best days are its past. Let's not listen to those demonic voices that tell us, God loves you, but... I hate the buts. God's love has no buts attached to it, friends. It is freely offered to all. Freely given by Jesus to all. Freely given. All we have to do is say yes and accept God's love and be open to God's changing grace and be present to the one who is present to us. I'm here to be your pastor. I'm here to serve among you. I'm here to serve with you. To laugh with you and cry with you, to rejoice with you, to celebrate with you, to serve with you. All of you. And as we reach out beyond these walls to the Lakewood community, Let us truly continue to be the open, loving, and accepting community of faith that we have been for a long time now. Loving to the community. Welcoming to all. Open to the needs of those around us. With hands and hearts of love and faith. Sharing God's love with all. My sisters and brothers, as we come to the table of the Lord today, as we receive the grace that has been offered to us, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, let us truly say no to those demonic voices that would deny God's love. Say no to those demonic voices that say God loves you, but. And say yes to God's amazing grace, which is sufficient for us all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and may God's people say, Amen.